0: Hey friends, Rachel here. So the holidays are just around the corner and you either already have your Christmas tree set up or you are waiting to let the Thanksgiving dust settle. Either way, you're thinking about gifts and not only gifts, but you're thinking about how you can give back. And if you're anything like me, you want to give to a place where every penny counts. That's why I'm honored to introduce you to our podcast partner, Food for the Hungry. Y'all grab your phones and text the word food, F-O-O-D, to four eight four. Eight four eight to see how a little decision on your part can add up to a huge difference in someone's life. I want you to stick around for the break to hear more from Amanda, but until then, let's get on to the show. Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host, Amanda Bible-Williams. And
1: today is the first episode in our Fruit of the Spirit series. And we have our good friend and colleague, Jessica Lamb, with us. This is such an encouraging, convicting, just a, this was a fun conversation.
0: I learned a lot. I did too. You taught me a lot. Well, here we are. (laughs) It's going to be a great episode.
1: It is. Let's go. So it's not... Common that we have a pet peeve when it comes to a reading plan.
0: I don't mean that in a mean
1: way, but we we kind of do. But
0: we have pet things that we know and we're really glad that we now know. I don't know if that's like once you
1: know, then you know. Yeah,
0: because like pet peeves, that's like I don't like to hear the word earthly, which is difficult to discuss Jesus' ministry and not use the word earthly. Extremely. Yeah, so that is a pet peeve. But what you're talking about is like this pet thing that we now understand clearly, and we want others to also understand clearly, which is? It's the letter S. It's the letter
2: S. Yeah. (laughs) So we are talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. In Galatians 5, where this famous passage about the fruit of the Spirit exists— Fruit is singular in the original Greek. But then a list follows. Then a list follows. It's very confusing. It is?
1: It is very
2: confusing. It's very confusing. So the fruit is a collective um, group of attributes that are not individual things you have to pick and choose from. Mm -hmm. They're collective. So So it's like
0: the nine fruit, or we can say in this point, nine fruits are different aspects of the... The title caps fruit of the spirit. Is no, that correct? Right? Can we say? I, no, that? I think Rachel, you need
2: to put a quarter okay. into the into the fruits jar <laughs> um, <laughs> because they are not nine individual fruits. Okay. So I think we often see they're know, never
0: separated.
2: They are part of a holistic life. Yeah, they are a holistic expression of growth in the spirit for the follower of Christ of being made more and more into the image of Christ. So they are nine aspects that are part of the fruit. Singular of the
0: okay, spirit. so let me ask this then. Like when my young teenage son plays FIFA on PlayStation. and I'm going to need you to and tell me and what for that those is. who don't know what FIFA is. <laughs> soccer. When he yes. plays soccer on a PlayStation and um, you can set up your own character and there's sliders. Like this guy's going to be fast and he's going to get like three fasts and two agilities and one like accuracy. Like you get this budget. Mm. That you're going to spend on all the things and you have to spread it across and some things, maybe you're fast, but you're not so agile or whatever it is. When we talk about these nine aspects of the one fruit of the Spirit, of the evidence of the Spirit Mm -hmm. in our lives, are you saying, Jessica, that they aren't on sliders? Like love is not ahead of self-control, or are they? I'm saying they all inform one another. So I think sometimes as
2: believers, we confuse the fruit of the Spirit with spiritual gifts. Yeah. So whereas spiritual gifts, there are different gifts given to different believers for different purposes. They're all for the shared purpose of uh, encouraging one another in the body of Christ and growing the body of Christ. But some people have different gifts. We Mm -hmm. don't all have the same ones. We don't all have them in the same the same levels, if we want to use the slider metaphor. Sure. But for the fruit of the spirit, it's not something where you pick and choose. So I, I'll sometimes hear people say, in jest, oh, well, I wasn't given the fruit of love.
0: Right. Well, right. right. Oh, yeah.
2: I'm, I'm more of a patience person. Well, yeah. self control is not really my thing. Right. Or, ooh, <laughs> the gift I was given was peace. Yeah. Well, these are not gifts. Yeah. These are fruit. Evidences. They are evidences. So the other thing about the fruit of the spirit is that they inform one another. So as you grow in love, you're growing in peace. As you grow in peace, you're growing in joy. Gentleness can't be separated from self-control, right? Right. So all of these different aspects, they inform one another. So they're deeply interconnected. Deeply interconnected. Okay. So as you grow in any one, there might be a season of your life where you see one in more abundance, but growth in any particular aspect Mm -hmm is also, uh, you're growing in all of them at the same time. So, they, they're interconnected. So
0: for me to say, like, I can see that I have room to grow in self-control, um, maybe a more accurate way to say that is, like, the Spirit's at work in my life. Yes. And <laughs> First of all. And as the Spirit works in my life and grows me in, well, how do I want to say that? Like, If the fruit of the Spirit in my life is all nine aspects of this one fruit in my life, then as the Spirit grows me and the evidence of the Spirit and work my life demonstrates love, it also would demonstrate self-control.
1: I think one of the things that's key— This is
0: plain as day and also very complicated. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I think one of the other things that is key for me is to remember who it is— That is producing the fruit. Yes. So, you know, we're going to read in day one of this reading plan, we're going to read John 15, where we learn about being connected to the vine. Yeah. Like, I am the vine, you are the branches. And so, scripture makes it clear that the fruit of the spirit, it's not a, you know, yes, we can recognize and we should recognize that we have room to grow in all of the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. But there is a very real sense in which, while it is not passive to grow in the fruit of the Spirit, it's also not our doing. Um, So if you recognize a lack of self-control in your life, or if I recognize a lack of patience in my life, the way to respond to that is to pursue a deeper connection with the vine.
0: Okay, that's so helpful. It's I to think. abide. Is that? Yeah. You, yes, yeah. it's
2: to abide. And so I am not good at gardening or general
0: horticulture. <laughs> so
2: I really hope that some of our, our she's right in and gently correct me. And I don't know mind. that
0: I am, but I like to think I would be. Okay. I you support know, this. You know the
1: shirts, um, the t-shirts that say plant mama or like plant mom? Have you yeah. ever seen these? Sure. I think there's like a Magnolia one. I think Joanna okay. Gaines has yeah. one. I've always wanted one that says I kill succulents. That? <laughs> because I feel like that's... I'm sorry, guys, but I can even kill succulents. I would buy that shirt. I would wear it slight tangent that I think you'll appreciate.
2: <laughs> when I started here at She Reached Truth, there was a fiddle leaf fig yeah. in my office. Not being a plant mama, I didn't know that a fiddle leaf fig is a very... So fickle. Yes, very fickle, but a also... It's a, a fickle leaf fig, if A fickle leaf fig.
0: I like fig. that. That's that came nice. out of nowhere, but I stand by it. Yeah, I told hash, one of my... Hashtag,
1: fickle leaf fig. Yeah. Yes, I told one of my boys yesterday, Rachel, that you're the punniest person I know. Oh, thank you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, okay, continue. Fiddle leaf so fig. Not only is it a fickle leaf fig, mm-hmm. but
2: apparently it's all also a very trendy, yes. uh, stylish plant. I didn't know. I have no knowledge about plants.
0: You, so, you come to work at She Reads Truth. We're gonna set you up with something fussy and, <laughs> and very fancy. Yes. Yeah.
2: So one of our coworkers came by and said, Oh, you got the fiddle leaf. I didn't know, so I I really wanted to take care of that fiddle leaf fig. So now, three and a half years later, it is the only fiddle leaf fig in the office that has survived and that is
1: still a uh, that is a real plant a and not a fake. Fiddly. Yeah, I so have there's a lot bit,
0: of them, but they're not real.
1: I have a very large fiddle leaf fig that is very fake. A yes. robust
0: and fake. Fiddle yes. Leaf. yes, we uh
2: we named the fiddle leaf Christine. So all of this to say, besides this one fiddly fig, I'm not, yes, Christine, I am not successful at growth. So my understanding of this, as we explore this metaphor metaphor, too deeply, um, will start to fall apart. But my understanding is that we are called to abide, which I think of as cultivating. We are part of the soil and like tending to it now, Christ is the ultimate tender of the vine. You see that all throughout Scripture, but ab- and the source of the life, the of source, the, vine. the source of the life, and He prunes and He shapes. Um, he grafts. He grafts. He is the gardener. But in terms of abiding, I think about that as like caring for the conditions mm-hmm. um, in which growth can happen. Mm-hmm. So I think about that when we talk about what do I do if I'm not seeing. Evidence yeah. of this fruit in my life, what do I do? It's not make a longer to do list no. or, you know, um, read a book about. I mean, you can. Yes. But that's not the ultimate. It's go means to, the to the source. End. Yeah. It's, it's think about like what encourages that growth in your life. It's, yeah. it's think about habits that cultivate your attention and your focus on the source of life, on the source of growth. So, how do you frame your life? Mm -hmm. In a way that you are abiding.
0: Patty Sauls wrote the devotional for day one of the plan, which would be today. And I loved the metaphor that she used. She said that we are dependent on the spirit for this fruit, but it's not passive. The metaphor she used um, was that we are like sunflowers. Mm -hmm. The sunflowers actually like turn their faces to the sun in order to um, get what they need. Um, get what they need is probably not the best way to put that, but you know what I mean like we 're dependent on the sun, but it is not passive we 're turning to the sun we 're orienting our lives toward God, toward the vine mm-hmm. um, in order to bear the fruit yeah let 's read instead
1: yeah. of starting with Galatians five, which is what our reading for today starts with. Can we actually start with John 15 and then read Galatians 5? Anything you want. Does that sound crazy? I mean, it
0: gets crazy at the She Reads Truth podcast. Let's (laughs) switch up the reading. The other day I was texting Ryan. He was asking for something, my husband, and he asked me for something that I needed to copy, paste, and just like shoot in the text back to him. And instead of when I pasted, I pasted and hit enter real fast, and the wrong thing was on my clipboard, and it was like five scripture references, (laughs) <laughs> that's very and I like, just copy and pasted it, in. and he was like, "Oh, you got caught with your Bible open." <laughs> uh, like that is as scandalous as it gets. Just that's like, the way I want to get caught. I know. I just caught. <laughs> I was caught looking up scripture references, so there we are.
1: <laughs> okay, well, let's read in John 15. So, starting in verse
0: one, and I'll say before you start verse one, what we know, having as a community read the book of John before, is mm-hmm. that there are seven "I am" statements in the book of John. Very Jesus. good. And, Gold star. Uh, thank you. But we know that as a community, yeah. like we have studied this, and that's what building does. Like So as we come into this Fruit of the Spirit study, we open up John 15, we see this I am, and it triggers a like, okay, I remember from when we read John that there are seven I am statements in this book, and mm. I am the true vine is actually the final one. So that's my teen up now I Amanda, love for you it. to read that. Okay. John
1: 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit he removes, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. And then I'm going to keep going because it's so good, and it's so exactly this conversation. Verse 9, "'As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love.'" If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete.
0: This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, I noticed something. I mean, I've been studying this in preparation for this episode, but something that struck me just as you were reading it, Amanda, in Mm -hmm. verse 5 where Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. At first pass, it feels like just an informative statement, but to me, it also just struck me as this reminder, this even correction. Yeah. I'm um, like, it made me think of the way that I parent, you know, like mm-hmm. where God says, I am the vine. You are the branches. So it's not like, children, come to me. You will find your nutrients from me. My job is to point them Mm -hmm. to the vine, Mm -hmm. and and way beyond parenting, to any relationship that we have, any discipling relationship, our job in the church, exactly. We are not the vine. We are the branches, and our job is to encourage all branches into Mm -hmm. the true vine. Anyway, that's probably not where either of you guys were headed, but it just struck me as you read that, Amanda.
1: Yeah, it feels—what's the word I'm looking for? Emphatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am the vine. You are the branches. Like I'm gonna say this again. Let
0: me clarify. <laughs> Listen. Be as clear as I can be. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I remember one time in the past when we were studying John as a community and I was writing about this passage and it was the first time I feel like this was maybe two Johns ago <laughs> mm-hmm. when we read together. It struck me for the first time. That the command is not to produce fruit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I've since heard other people say that, but I remember when I discovered that, when the Holy Spirit revealed that to me, it had never been pointed out to me and it felt like such a discovery and such a relief
0: and such a challenge, all of
1: those things all in one, because the command, you know, our nature is, oh, the fruit of the Spirit. All right, I got to do these, you know, but the command in John 15 is not produce fruit. Mm -hmm. It is remain, Mm -hmm. abide, you Mm -hmm. know, depends on the translation you're reading. But it is to remain and to abide in the vine.
0: Yeah. I love that word. And then the Spirit
1: produces the fruit. Yeah. And the fruit glorifies the Father. Yes. So the way that we get to, the way that we glorify the Father is by remaining in Him.
0: I think that's, Ah! it's so good and I think it's so. (laughs) It's exciting. It's a hands in the air. It is. Passage, absolutely.
2: It's so important to start here because as we start reading about the fruit of the Spirit, there will be moments where we will feel conviction. Even in a minute when we read the full context of Galatians 5, Paul is intentionally saying, I'm going to show you two modes of living.
0: Where do you see yourself?
2: Which one looks more like you? Which are you more defined by? Mm -hmm. But it's important to start here Mm -hmm. with this reminder that it's not about doing more. It's Mm -hmm. about doing the one thing. It's about pursuing the one thing. Mm -hmm. So if you, as we read this study, feel conviction, Mm -hmm. that's okay. But don't let that lead you towards shame and self-loathing. Let it point you back towards Christ, who says here, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Mm -hmm. And we'll read that over and over in some different passages today, where there's this reminder of we're called to be who we are. Mm -hmm. We're called to live in to the reality of what Christ has already done in us and pursue that and to live in that because that's where we flourish. When we abide in Christ, that's when we have flourishing. And as we read through the fruit of the Spirit, there's a reason that This is a very popular passage of scripture because against these things, there's no law. There are things we all want. When you read this list, it's this reminder of, I want all of those things in abundance in my life. Mm. I want to be characterized by these things. I want to be known by this fruit. So just as an encouragement as we go, it's okay if you feel conviction or it's okay if you notice areas in your life where these things are not abundant, but let that... Point you back towards Christ, point yes. you back towards who he is, what he's already done for you and is doing in you. And let it be an encouragement to lean into
1: him. Right. Not to
2: say, Well, let me throw up my hands.
1: Right. I it's failed. more than okay. It's a gift because mm-hmm. conviction should always turn us lead to, to repentance. Jesus, yeah. Leads to repentance. And repentance is turning toward Jesus, yeah. turning away from our sin and turning toward Christ. And so to become aware of our deficiencies mm-hmm. is part of the life of the believer and it mm-hmm. should be a regular part of the life of the believer but we turn toward Jesus we turn toward Jesus mm-hmm. and that's abiding yeah. turning toward Jesus and leaning in that is abiding
0: so the concept of fruit and fruit singular because we all know not to use the s this <laughs> this idea of bearing fruit is actually not original to Paul in Galatians do you guys do either of you know who first mentioned bearing fruit in any of Scripture? Mm. It's in the New Testament. It's I'm okay thinking. if you don't. I'm so excited. I found this out this morning. John the Baptist. Where? Okay, so in Matthew, but also he's quoted saying the same thing in John. But in Matthew 3.8, he says, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Right? Right. JTB, JTB for J-T-B. the win. But the whole deal is exactly Amanda what you were saying. Like that conviction, it's a good thing to feel because conviction leads to repentance, and then repentance produces the fruit of ethical behavior mm-hmm. or living in Christ, living in the, attached to the vine. But John is saying, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. What a good fun fact, Rachel. I know. Thank you. I'm, here for, I'm here for the fun facts, guys. Good job. So should we read at long last? Should yeah, we read last. Galatians 5? We should. Here's what I want to, I always like to do a little preemptive before we read. And I think one thing, as we read, we're going to hear this word flesh. And so it might be helpful, I think, maybe to... Kind of explain what that means before we read it, because we're going to hear that word. It's going to be a key topic.
2: Yes, and we're going to read the fuller context for this passage about the right. fruit of the Spirit. Yeah.
0: Often when you think
2: about the fruit of the Spirit, I think of a beautiful thing I want to display in my home. I think of this really encouraging list of things, but when you read it in context, it's a little bit jarring it is. If, if you're not used to it. And so, as Rachel said, yeah, some context about some of the language you're going to hear is helpful.
0: And really, Paul uses this word flesh in a couple of different ways um, throughout this book, as broadly as, you know, like humanness or even like our physical body. But in this sense, he's using the word flesh as like our sinful nature. Is that right, Jessica, mm-hmm. would you say? Yes. So as we hear, like, um, he'll say like for the flesh desires or the desires of the flesh, we're talking about our human nature.
1: And when we hear the word law, which Mm -hmm. we will also hear, I just happen to have a handy little uh, extra from the study book that actually defines these. So if you have a study book on pages 20 and 21, you'll see some of these key themes and terms defined. So you can reference that. But the word law here in this context is talking about the first five books of the Old Testament, the law of the Lord, the law of Moses that was given to God's people. And you know, the gold standard yeah. to which no human can mm-hmm. can rise but Jesus.
0: Whenever I hear the word flesh in this is not like earthly, this is fine to hear flesh, but whenever uh, yeah, I hear for it for you. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: don't love it. You like, hate the word when, flesh. I don't like the phrase if we, we just need to flesh this out. Oh I really. You know, cause you talk about that when you're talking about ideas. Yeah. So if we flesh it out a little more and I'm like, can we say something else? I don't know.
0: Let's it, work what, this
1: out. Let's work this out. Yeah.
0: We can... But when I hear flesh, I always think back to like year two of She Reads Truth. And um, we had a hand letterer on staff, Simone Wilder, who is incredible. Look her up. But we had her on staff and we had her evidently hand lettering something where like the phrase was fleshly desires. Um, and she did this beautiful <laughs> job, submitted it, and it looked great. And everybody was like, this is fantastic. La, la, la. And like I looked at a little closer and I said, Simone. She had, like, in, like, when you're an artist, you're thinking about the big picture and the composition and not exactly the spelling. But it said, like, keep us from our freshly desires. (laughs) She had misspelled fleshly. Amazing. Yes. So, anyway, side note now memories. Now that we've prepared our hearts to read from Galatians 5, why don't don't I read it? Thank you. I would love it. Great.
2: With no preamble, let me read the key passage we're going to be discussing for the next two weeks (laughs) Galatians 5 16 through 26. The spirit versus the flesh. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions dissensions factions, envy, drunkenness carousing and anything similar I am warning you about these things as I warned you before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. the law is not against such things now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires if we live by the Spirit, Let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another.
0: This is the word of the Lord.
2: It is. And this is the context for the passage we're going to study for the next two weeks. Yeah, And here are a couple of things I want to point out before we we get into all of these different aspects and looking Mm -hmm. at each one of them. So... The subheading here, the spirit versus the flesh, is so accurate and so good because as we read here, the spirit frustrates and it dampens these desires of the flesh. It works against them. It produces things in us that push out and lead us to not desire in the same way these works Mm -hmm. of the flesh. And if you think about these two lists that are intentionally brought into comparison, these works of the flesh, they feel compulsive. They feel chaotic. If you think about each one, and we're not going to spend a lot of time digging into what each one of these looks like, because even Paul says anything similar, it's a a representative list of a lot of things where there's disorder between people.
0: Including but not limited to. Including
2: but not limited to. But if you think about them, they all demonstrate disorder between people and God and between people. Yeah. So there's this chaos and disorder that marks them where you think about each one where there's something broken. There's something broken in how a person relates to God or in how a person relates to their neighbor Mm -hmm. or relates to others um, that they interact with every day. And so there's this sense of destruction and disorder versus the spirit where there's order, it's purposeful. And as we'll look at in these next two weeks, it's about what being in right relationship with God leads us Mm -hmm. to demonstrate with others. And so there's this other... Dynamic, And there's sort of these two modes presented of yeah. which one of these are you living into? Are you living into this old self mm-hmm. or are you walking in step in line with what Christ has already done in you? Are you pursuing this new life? Instead of these things that he's already put to death. Yeah. He's already yeah. put to death in you.
0: feels very Paul to get this list of, you know, we got this in Ephesians and um, when we studied that book, this like, you were dead in your sin and your trespasses, and here's what that looked like, and but you were alive to mm-hmm. Christ. Yeah. And in this, we get this like, I am warning you now, as I warned you before, this is what I'm warning you against, but here's the hope. This is the thing that comes from instead of living to the flesh, living to the spirit, living in the spirit.
1: And like you said, Jessica, here's how you recognize. Yeah. You know, the spirit's fruit in your life. We have daily questions in the study book and I found them really helpful.
0: Yeah, I did too. Um,
1: and one of them, the first one on this day is how are the works of the flesh different from the fruit of the spirit, which is what you were just addressing, Jessica, and When I looked at that question, I thought, well, when I look at these things, at the center of this list of the works of the flesh is self. Mm -hmm. And at the center of the other list is, like you just said, it's God. It's a right relationship with God. And when you even look at the world that we live in, because we live in a broken world, we live, you know, we only live in a world with sinners. Mm -hmm. That describes all of us. And so our tendency as a whole, is toward the first list.
0: Yeah. Our tendency as a whole is this reliance on the flesh. Um, We tend to rely on our flesh, which by its very nature puts us under the curse of the law of going, I depend on my flesh to either save me or not save me. And that is why we get to be alive to Christ. That is why our reliance on our flesh will only lead to death and destruction, and why our reliance on the Spirit will only lead to life and thriving.
1: Yeah, and I think that we, as the world, as sinful people, I think we recognize that the fruit of the Spirit, that these aspects are good— but the way we go about them is broken, you know, and it's okay. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. because I think that you know it's hard to have these conversations sometimes. What we don't want to do is an us them, like well, we are like this and they are like that. Because right. no, we all are like this. We all tend
0: to the flesh. <laughs>
1: we yes, and it's and we all Jesus in need. us. Yeah, that's right. It's Jesus in us who produces this list of things that we can objectively, as humans, say, oh, these are admirable. Yeah. I aspire to these, mm-hmm. but we don't have a way to get there.
0: So the problem that we're going to have in this study is that we're going to want to read everything. Mm-hmm. Because I'm turning the page to our first aspect of the fruit of the Spirit, and it's love, which is no mistake. It is not a mistake that love starts. It, it feels right. I mean, you think of 1 Corinthians 13. There's... You know, the greatest of these is love, and we'll actually read that. But I'm looking at this Deuteronomy passage, Deuteronomy 4, which, by the way, she's listening. Look forward to it. We haven't read as a community the book of Deuteronomy ever, and we are going to read that next year, kind of fall 2021, mm-hmm. so look forward to that. But as I look at this passage, I almost hate to skip over it or even summarize it because it is this beautiful, early in the Pentateuch, painting of a picture of the character of God That is loving. It says, and this is Moses talking to Israel, and he says, He will not leave you, destroy you, or forget the covenant with your ancestors that he swore to them by the oath, because the Lord your God is a compassionate God. And then he says, Indeed, ask about the earlier days that preceded you from the day God created mankind on earth and from the end of the heavens to the other. Has anything like this great event ever happened, or has anything like it been heard of? Has a people heard God's voice speaking from the fire as you have and lived? Or has a God attempted to go and take a nation as his own out of another nation by trials, signs, wonders, and war, by a strong hand and an outstretched arm, by great terrors as the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? You were shown these things so that you would know that the Lord is God, that there is no other besides him. He let you hear his voice from heaven to instruct you. He showed you by great fire on earth, and you heard his words from the fire because he loved your ancestors. And it goes on. But I just think this is so cool. This is also, I love these little fun facts. This is the only other place in the Pentateuch that creation is mentioned. Mm. Um, So it's cool to get this like Moses talking Mm -hmm. to the people of Israel going like, don't forget how great your God is and how intimately he pursued you. This is love. Yeah. In that
1: verse 35, you were shown these things so that you would know that the Lord is God. There is no other besides him. It's an act of love for God to show us who he is. Yeah, That is an act of love yeah. toward us for him to reveal himself to us.
0: So it's a good reminder. So it's good to like start in the Old Testament. When we start with love and we're talking about these aspects of the fruit, we want to go to like Jesus immediately. But I love that we started in Deuteronomy and we started in the Pentateuch and we see this great picture of a big God and this very specific characteristic of compassion and love. C.S. Lewis in the Four
2: Loves says, God, who needs nothing, loves into existence wholly superfluous creatures in order that He may love and perfect them. And I feel like yeah. that that's so what you're talking about here. and it's so what we're talking about in this discussion of the fruit of the Spirit because it's the spirit developing in us what's personified in Christ and what is true of who God is. God is the embodiment of each one of these these qualities we're going to look at. Mm-hmm. And so it's not this question as we look at the study, We're not discussing, well, what does the world say each of these things are? We're saying, if the Spirit is making us more and more into the image of Christ, who is the the image of God, who is God, what does it look like? What does it look like? Who is God? What is love when God explains what it is? And even here, we're reading about this, because he loved us, he did these things, so that we could show them. And he even says, here, I want this, you know— embroidered on a pillow. Hmm. Has anything like this great event ever happened or has anything like it been heard of? This love that God's shown us, and we'll read in another passage, what Christ has demonstrated on the cross, Mm -hmm. is there anything like it? Is there anything like this that has ever happened? When we have an understanding of that is love, or we'll get to this each day, that is joy, that is true peace, how can we not embody that and live it out? Right? Mm-hmm. When we understand right. yeah. the accuracy, the mm-hmm. realness of what real love is, and it's what you're reading. It's mm-hmm. it's what God has done for us.
0: It changes us. Hey friends, Rachel here. Hey, I just want you to know that I've been there. Reading the Bible regularly can be difficult, especially in all of the busyness of the world today. It can be hard to figure out either where to begin, what to read, or when to find the time. Listen, I just want you to know that I've been there too. And honestly, that's why She Reads Truth started. And that's why we created the She Reads Truth subscription box. Y'all, for $20 a month, you can get every brand new study book we create delivered to your door plus all the exclusive perks like free gifts, early access to sales, and more. Listen, our monthly subscription service sets you up to engage with God's Word on the good days, the bad days, and every day in between. We've done the planning for you so that all you have to do is show up, open God's Word, and then come back again tomorrow and do the same thing. That's what makes you a woman in the Word of God every day. So if you've been thinking about getting the new Advent study book, this is your best way to get it right now. So when you sign up in the month of November, not only will you get the Advent study book, but as a subscriber, you're also gonna get that beautiful set of three Advent-themed art prints at no added cost. Y'all, that's over a $60 value for just 20 bucks. Plus, you're in. Month after month, you'll have scripture delivered right to your door. This is how you know where to read every single day. Friends, go to shopshereadstruth.com slash episode 51 to learn more. That's shopshereadstruth.com slash episode 51. Okay, friends, we want to get back to today's episode.
1: But first, I want to take a minute to tell you about food for the hungry. Around the world, there is a common saying that water is life. But not having safe access to clean water can be one of the biggest challenges a community faces on the path towards sustainability. When you give to Food for the Hungry, in addition to other basics like food and education, you are helping fund fresh water stations and water purification methods that actually work even in the most remote areas. Food for the Hungry serves in over 3,000 communities by empowering local leaders and churches with proven, sustainable methods that bring safe and clean drinking water to local families. With access to fresh, clean water, communities start to see families and children thrive. Even better, it's amazing to know that in addition to meeting the physical needs of people, Food for the Hungry shares the gospel and they're seeing thousands of people Come to Jesus Christ along the way. In the show notes today, you can watch the transformation that clean water brings to a community in need. And there's an easy way that you can help you can give your spare change. Food for the Hungry makes it easier than ever for us to give back. Just text food, F O O D, to 484848 and learn how you can round up your purchases to the nearest dollar and donate your extra change toward the efforts of Food for the Hungry. All right, let's get back to the show.
0: Later in today's reading, we actually go back to Galatians 5 and read a couple verses that come before the passage that we read in day one. And I think that we use this phrase, this will change your life, about a lot of things. Like, I've got a new coffee order that will change your life. Or I actually, my hairdresser suggested a new Hair dryer um, that will change your life, like these little things, these little physical items that will change your life. But this passage is what's changing my life right now. And it's from Galatians 5, uh, verse 13. And it says, "'For you were called to be free, brothers and sisters, only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love.'" This is changing my individual human life right Mm -hmm. now as I look and ask, like as I walk with the Spirit and as I abide and remain in Christ, I get to ask myself as I walk and keep step with the Spirit, what am I using this freedom that has been bought for me? What am I using that for? And am I using it to serve one another through love? And that isn't a this fruit of the Spirit is dependent on me, but it is now that i have this freedom this love from it that is unmatched am i using it to serve one another in love that's changing my life yeah if you back up
1: in that passage in verse 6 it says this for in christ jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision accomplishes anything i put 3 exclamation points next to that <laughs> because we're saying that this thing that meant everything back in the old testament now accomplishes nothing Yeah, because of Jesus, because Jesus accomplished everything. So it says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision accomplishes anything. What matters is faith working through love. So we are a people who used to be marked by this one thing. Yeah. But now we're marked by love. Yeah. We're marked by the presence of God. God is love. We're marked by love. Yeah. So, like, that is. A big like that's an earthquake moment.
0: It is to yeah.
1: continue a year later to borrow Joe Saxton's phrase that we're just going to keep <laughs> using. But it is.
0: Yeah,
1: I love that. One other thing that I wanted to point out in this passage. I mean, all of these passages. I it's know. like a greatest hits. You know, I mean, we've got First Corinthians thirteen for crying out loud. Like mm-hmm. we've just. It's so good. But so
0: love never ends. Like how do you like ah. I, Yeah,
1: read it all. Yes. Um, we have first John chapter four and listen to this in verses fifteen and sixteen. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him, and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. So there's that word again. Yeah, Lots of remaining. Yeah. Lots of abiding.
0: It's so interesting because remaining doesn't feel like the word that we want. There's just in our fleshly desire yeah. is to do is or to, to accomplish some stuff it's to accomplish. Yeah. And the ESV uses the word abide a lot instead of remain. But both of those words have a lot of being still. Um, oh. And a lot of remaining present or remaining near. Maybe I like Jessica like looked up and thought, as I said, being still. And I, you're right. Like it's not quite being still. It's being near. Mm-hmm. That's what we're looking for here. And anyway, connected. Yes. Connected.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think you saying it's being near, being present. I, I think that that's really it because this is something that you you carry with you as you're doing all the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there are times where abiding looks like action. Yeah. It's a centered place that we operate from.
0: Yeah, that's good.
2: And I think that's what we'll see over and over and over again. And each one of these deeper dives Mm -hmm. into one of these aspects is that it's a reflection on who God is and what he's done and who we are in him. And when we operate in our lives from that place, Mm -hmm. we're we're abiding. And the Spirit produces these qualities as we're living in that nearness and that stillness and that presence as we bring it in
0: into our everyday life. The Spirit produces a Christ-like life. Yes. And we think, we're tempted to think that the fruit of the Spirit is like a total number of conversions Mm -hmm. that we have participated in or whatever it is, like whatever um, measurable things. um, What is our fruit? But no, the Spirit produces a Christ-like life. Mm -hmm. And a Christ-like life produces whatever Christ wants it to produce.
1: Well, and what does Jesus say? Jesus says, if we want to follow him, what do we do? We deny ourselves and take up his cross. Mm -hmm. So like the deny ourselves, that is not popular language right now. But I think like it goes back to when God reveals himself to us, that is an act of love. It's an act of love for God to show us who he is. Mm -hmm. And it's an act of love for Jesus to tell us that if we want to follow him, if we want to abide the self is put to death yeah you know because true life comes from him yeah. not from within us yeah
2: amanda when we were first talking about this reading plan and doing this study with the community you said in our vision meeting that every time you read this list it just made you want to pray
0: mm-hmm. um which i i remember you said that it, it, yeah. i
2: think that was such a wonderful thing that's really stuck with me and so I've been trying to memorize this passage. For some reason, this list, uh, I keep getting stuck. I keep forgetting about faithfulness and gentleness. So I'm still working on <laughs> Forgetting, huh? Convenient. Yes, convenient. Um, no, but I would encourage, I'm encouraging myself because been something I've been working on, is to memorize Galatians 5, 22-23 yeah. as we read through it. It's a very short verse, but it is something... That's a really easy thing to pray when you don't know,
0: Yeah, when
2: you don't know what to pray at the beginning of your day or the end of the day, or as you're moving through your day in a time of stress or anxiety or whatever it is yeah. to think through. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Yeah, Because to me, it's become a thing since you told me, I want to pray when I read this. I had never thought about that. It's a scripture that I want to pray at the beginning of the day to say, God, like you've said that as I'm abiding in you, as I'm following you, Mm -hmm. I will begin to grow into my life. Mm -hmm. This is what I will be able to um, extend to others because you've extended it to me. Mm -hmm. I want that for today. Or at the end of the day to look back and say, God, today was not a day (laughs) where, where I really saw this, like, and to repent, but also to like... To pray over those things or as you're going about your day in a moment of stress, to think about that thing that God has told you he will grow in you and to pray that's for that right. specific thing. Yeah. Um, that's good. And in a moment to think about God, you've said you will give patience. Mm-hmm. I right. I feel low, mm-hmm. I feel low in patience right yeah. now. Please continue to make me more like you. It's like and, yeah. and to, and John the Baptist ask, said, Yes, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Yes. But to continue to ask for what you need to right. ask for what you've been promised, to be aware of where you aren't seeing those things in your life, and to not be afraid to ask for them moment by moment.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And so
2: that's where I, w- I want to memorize it, because I want to be aware of that's good. what God has told me in His Word will be produced yeah. in, in following right. and abiding with Him.
1: And we didn't read it, but in the day one reading, we have John fourteen fifteen through 17, which is the promise that as believers, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. So there's the promise was we've got the promise that the Holy Spirit is with us always and forever, and then the fruit of the Spirit are these things, so we know from God's Word that that is true, and you know, I think that I probably said that because when I read this list, conviction is not far from hand, like when you mm-hmm. read this list, mm-hmm. it is a convicting picture of a life that is christ like And it overwhelms me with like, because my initial reaction is, oh man, all these things I need to be or Mm -hmm. do. That's why it compels me to prayer. Is not, I love all the reasons that you just said. And now that's how I'm going to think of it too. I love this. I love that we can learn from one another and sharpen one another and encourage one another. I also think praying that for the people we love, Mm -hmm. because what else is there? You know, like, I want peace for the people I love and joy and patience and self-control, you know, and for my kids like that, that list sums it up for my mom, for my friends, you know, like there's such power in praying scripture. Yeah. And I love that the peace, just
2: as an aside, that peace was the top of your list because I think about that with kids and with conflict that sometimes comes between, well, it comes with being human. It comes with all people. Um, But with children, thinking about peace that that peace isn't the absence of conflict. It's about peacemaking. It's about wholeness. Mm-hmm. It's about restoration. Again, this thing mm-hmm. that's modeled mm-hmm. in in God. And so it feels like a really wonderful thing to pray when we don't see it, Yeah, right? Because all of these things are, again, not how the world describes them. So we'll read about in Scripture. We'll read how Scripture describes each of these aspects. But for all of them, they're about, for each aspect, it's something that is in process. So when I don't yeah. see peace, I can still Acknowledge that God has promised peace because the peace that He brings is peacemaking, it's yeah. restoration, well, it's wholeness or joy. That joy is yeah. not the absence of anything negative or anxiety.
1: It's, it's a, not it's a, happiness. It's not it's happiness. It's deeper than happiness. It's a
2: joy rooted in what God has done and what He's promised He will do. So, for all of these things, I can pray for them for the already true mm-hmm. and what's not yet true, what I don't yet see, because I know that I'm part of a story. I'm part, my life is part of a greater story that God is doing and working. And I know that all of these things were in process. Yeah. With. They're all in process for us and for the world.
1: Yeah. yeah. In day four, we're going to read about peace. And I know we're not going to be able to talk through everything in the short hour that we have. But that reading reminded me that Jesus is peace. Peace is a person. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we have that in Ephesians 2. I'll start in verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for He is our peace. Yeah. So Jesus is peace. And that's what is so powerful about this study for me is that we're being reminded what these things look like, yeah. and where they come from.
0: Okay, so as we have been looking at these aspects of the fruit, I was reminded of a conversation I had with a friend a couple of months ago, um, and we were talking about joy. And I just said joy like I was southern. Very like, That was like a two-syllable joy. <laughs> at least, maybe three. <laughs> You've been in Tennessee for a minute. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about joy, and she asked me, Um, And I didn't know if she knew the answer to the question or if she was genuinely asking. It was hard to tell. But she said where – like it's easy to identify in the life of Jesus eight of the nine aspects of the fruit, the love and the – peace and the patience and the kindness and the goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, like all of these things. And she said, where in Jesus' life do you see joy? Because, you know, Isaiah identifies him as this man of sorrows. Oh, and this is a
1: good question. It was a
0: good yeah, question, an and I appreciated question. it because he was not a silly guy that we know, you know? Like, I mean, there was definitely, we can see in Scripture where God has a sense of humor, but... I thought about that for a long time and actually didn't have an answer right off the bat, except this morning, as we were reading in John 15. I read again, I guess maybe for the first time I saw, um, that in verse 11, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. And it struck me to realize that, yes, like joy is not an earthly happiness, Joy is so much deeper than that, and to see Jesus talk about his joy and to see that his joy is in us so that our joy may be complete. It was the first time I felt like I had a very solid answer to that question. I don't know. What do you guys think? Where do you in Jesus' life—talk I mean, talk to me. Yeah, I
2: think about—I think that Jesus had a reputation for, you know, being like a glutton and a drunkard um <laughs> reference yeah because he ate and drank with sinners right to be clear he was not but he had this reputation right. of as a person who like enjoys things yes you think about like the wedding at cana mhm you think about the wedding at cana like in this first miracle is yeah. is to sort of keep the celebration of a marriage mm-hmm. going. Yeah. Um, and you think about these times where he's reclining and eating and someone who shouldn't be there comes in and does something and people try to make that person leave. And he's like, no, let this person, yeah. let mm-hmm. this person like come and be with us. Yeah. Yeah. There's this sense of like contentment and being still and just being together. And the other one I can think of, which I don't know if it marks his joy, but there's this moment in the Gospels where before Jesus is taken and before they go and pray in the garden, the disciples sing together. Yeah, um, with Jesus, and I mean we can sing in all in all kinds of mood. That's. If pop music is anything, it's an array of all the ways we can sing, right? We can sing in heartbreak. We can sing in despair. But there is a sense that in song sometimes there can be joy. So that one's a little bit more my interpretation. But they do sing together.
0: Yeah. You know, so he's the God who sings. It helps me to remember that our Jesus Mm -hmm. um, was absolutely a man of sorrow, familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is true. And that even for a man or woman of sorrow, which I think that either at varying points in our own lives Mm -hmm. or throughout our lives, we very much Mm -hmm. identify with, Mm -hmm. but to know also that to remain in the Spirit brings about a life of Christ-likeness and that a life of Christ-likeness is marked by joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And what joy looks like when you are... um, Walking with Christ is so much deeper, tied so much more deeply to who we are in Him mm-hmm. and to who He is and what He has accomplished for us than any circumstance that would cause yeah. us to be mm-hmm. a human of sorrows. Yeah, Um yes. I think that, like, I just love that answer so much.
1: Yeah, I mean— Smiles and laughter are part of joy, but that's not the depth of joy. That's not it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. That's not all of it. And I think of Jesus beckoning the kids to oh, come. That's good. I on. thought about that that's too. A good one. Yeah, yeah. And I just can't imagine because he just a, wasn't that serious. I can't imagine a grumpy person who took <laughs> themselves too seriously, like <laughs> yeah, doing that. I like like that. Like, mm-hmm. like no 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 let them come because kids. Toby's thing recently is, I want to be silly. And what he means is he wants his big sister and big brothers to come like, whatever the running inside joke is, like he wants to just like laugh, and he wants them to be silly. And he wants to be, you know, like he wants to have that time with them. Mm -hmm. And like, kids are just, they're just kids. And so if you're a person who is going to say, no, 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 I don't need to be protected from this. Like, yeah. Let him let him come. Yeah. And also his friendships. Like mm-hmm. they, that it was clear that Jesus had close friendships. I love this question because I think that it really helps me picture some of this connection that we talk about in this study. How the aspect I almost did it, the fruits mm-hmm. um, are in the jar. <laughs> <laughs> we have 75 cents at least in our jar today. Um, where the aspects of the fruit are connected because i think of the deep peace that jesus has yeah. and how that is such a fuel for joy yeah that you really can't have joy yeah without peace and how tied it is to patience how yeah.
2: it's tied to this idea that this present circumstance i'm in is not what will always be and it's not the entirety of the story right it's mm-hmm. joy and patience and all of these things we have to believe that as you know cs lewis talks about with aslan that god's on the move mm-hmm. you know we have yeah. to believe that and that's why we could have joy because we know we have mm-hmm. this present and future
1: hope yeah. Yeah. and we have patience in it or yeah. to recognize that the present moment is a gift yes yeah. and, to, and to enjoy mm-hmm. that
0: that's good yeah, that's yeah. Really and good. then we get first peter 1 mm-hmm. 8 and 9 that says to us though you have not seen him you love him Though not seeing him now, you believe in him, and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy, because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Like, that's the word. That's mm-hmm. where the joy yeah. comes from. Yes. Yeah, I have tears in my eyes <laughs> from here you
1: read that. Like, our joy, the because there is... Um,
0: why do we so have functional? joy? Yeah. You, you
1: have joy because you are receiving the salvation of your souls. And your souls even, are being saved. And it didn't
0: even say you will receive. Yeah. yeah. You are, are receiving. That's right. Like we are walking in eternity right now. We are receiving the salvation of our souls.
1: Yeah. Now, we don't have much time, but I think we have enough time. I think
0: we can just hop right over peace
1: because we've talked a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But let's don't miss patience because... When I say, when I read the list of the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit, and it prompts me to pray, patience is a thing that when you talk about like, oh, well, this is the Lord's sanctifying me through this, which is like <laughs> our cheeky yeah. um, way of you know saying in Christianese, like, this is really hard mm-hmm. for me. And so patience feels like this thing that in the things that I aspire to, that I am just always like, it's almost there, but I can't quite. Yeah. You know, and just when I am internally lauding myself for my patience you know, something happens that just takes it away.
0: There are are things like patience, and mm -hmm. really, honestly, patience for me, too, where I find myself saying out loud, this is something I cannot do apart from the Spirit. That's right. I cannot do it, and that's the remaining. Like, that's exactly what we're talking about. But patience is something I cannot do apart from the work of the Spirit in my life. I think it's helpful, too, for myself to investigate that. When I have a season where
2: I am not patient, when I say season, I mean an hour of the day where I just have no patience with my kids or if at work we're behind on something and Mm -hmm. and I'm anxious about it, I think it's helpful for us to pause, which is hard to do when you're not feeling patient. That's right. And to ask (laughs) and to ask questions of it, to say, Why am I so annoyed, to be frank, that my kids taking so long to put on our shoes? Mm -hmm. Why am I so annoyed? What am I in a hurry to get to? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
2: Is that thing so important that it's worth this moment being wrecked or, you know, and just to ask ourselves when we recognize a weakness in a moment to ask that. And I feel like sometimes those questions invite us into how to pray, right? And they invite us into some introspection on our own self of, oh, here are areas that I can turn over to God. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can figure out here's why I'm struggling with patience. For me, it's because I tend to operate as though everything is dependent on me. And anyone who's yep. slowing me down is slowing down um, the great things that I am going to accomplish there that I have for set everyone. out to achieve for everyone. <laughs> and you are- It's for, you, your, it's for your own yes, good. You and your lack of speed or efficiency are keeping me from accomplishing the great things yeah. that I, Jessica Lamb, am going to accomplish, <laughs> which is a God problem, right? It's, right. A, it's an idolatry problem yeah. in my own heart. And to pause and investigate that and recognize, oh, I'm not being patient because as Amanda said at the very beginning, I am focused on self and what yeah. I what I have decided to accomplish versus thinking, oh, maybe in this moment, getting to this thing on time is not the essential thing. Yeah. It's this child that I've been given <laughs> to steward. You yeah. know, but really, yeah. no, so, no, really, so I think there are opportunities. It's
0: funny when you put it in a kingdom context, yeah. but um, it doesn't feel funny when you forget to. right. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Well, for me, the question is, what am I so afraid of? Mm-hmm. That's my it's question. Yeah. It's a good one. It's like... What is the fear? And I resonate with the loss of control, Mm -hmm. the fear of losing control of the situation or the child or whatever, you know. But yeah, it's like, why does this make me anxious? Man, anxiety. We can talk about that for a while, but let's keep going. Um, For some reason, I know that our God is a patient Mm -hmm. and compassionate God. like There are passages in the Old Testament that say that. And clearly, I mean, that's one, like you said, Rachel, that is easier to identify in the person of Jesus based on the stories, the record that we have, right? But this passage, this reading day starts out with a passage from Isaiah 30, and this is verse 18. Therefore, the Lord is waiting to show you mercy and is rising up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a just God, all who wait patiently for Him are happy. Now, I know that the punchline of that verse is, all who wait patiently for Him are happy. And we've talked about happiness versus joy, so we don't have to dig in there. Mm -hmm. But I was struck by the Lord is waiting. And I tend to think of like, oh, Jesus is patient because He's self-control, is all of those things, loving, gentle. But to imagine and to realize that the Lord Waits, yeah, and that requires yeah. patience. I know that we can't talk about God in the same terms that we would talk about like each other, but it just really struck me. It's like mm-hmm. oh, I forgot that we have a God who yeah. waits. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it's interesting because when we first see that word patience, our immediate thought goes to patience with one another, patience on a daily basis. Um, but Amanda, you brought us to like. That the Lord waits for us, and then like the third aspect of that is, is that we wait for the Lord, and yeah, that's good. We're waiting on the Lord, whether it be for a thing to come to pass in our own life, for a promise to be fulfilled. Um, ultimately, we're waiting as believers for the day of the Lord. Mm-hmm. The thing that we're waiting on is the restoration of creation, and for God to dwell among His people, so that we get to be in the full-on presence of God, that promise that we are betting our lives on. And that's really where this week ends. It ends in James 5 and in Second Peter 3 where we are reminded Mm -hmm. to be patient. James 5, 7 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruits of the earth and is patient until it receives the early and the late rains. And then 2 Peter 3 takes us through what the day of the Lord will be like and Mm -hmm. that the Lord does not delay His promises. Some understand delay but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish but all to come to repentance. It's a beautiful day of reading and friends who are listening, I think that you're going to be really surprised by—as you read daily with the community this week, just as Jessica and Amanda and I were, you're going to be surprised what you find that Scripture teaches this week about love, joy, peace, and patience, Mm -hmm. and then again next week. But I just—I know that this podcast, these episodes— do a great job of teeing up the study, but I really want to encourage you to walk, be a woman in the Word of God every day this week, to find what patience actually looks like and what that conversation is, and the same with the others. Because while we did read a lot of Scripture from this week's reading, there's so much more to read. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and as you sit to meditate on it, to remain in Christ and to abide in Him this week, this is my encouragement to you yeah. that you do that.
1: Yeah, and... If you need to know how to do that, um, we reference our study books. You don't have to have one of those. They're wonderful resources, um, in our humble opinion. (laughs) Um, Feels funny to say. But you can go to the She Reads Truth app. The reading plan is live there, or to shereadstruth.com, and you're going to look for the Fruit of the Spirit reading plan. And just read with us. Just open your Bibles with us. Before we go to Beauty, Goodness, and Truth, there is just a verse in here. It is not... Directly <laughs> related to the fruit of the spirit, but it's here in this um, day five, the patience day in this reading in Isaiah 30. And it just strikes me as a benediction um, for us because, you know, we, all of the things we just talked about, we are a sinful people, yes, but we are also a wounded and a broken people, you mm-hmm. know, and so these aspects of the fruit of the spirit are difficult for us for a lot of reasons, and many of which are beyond our control, right? And mm-hmm. so I just want to read for us this amazingly beautiful verse from Isaiah thirty twenty six, And this is talking about um, the Lord's mercy to Israel. The moonlight will be as bright as the sunlight, and the sunlight will be seven times brighter like the light of seven days on the day that the Lord bandages His people's injuries and heals the wounds He inflicted. That is a bittersweet verse. Yeah. It is not an easy thing for the Lord to show us our sin Mm -hmm. and to sanctify us and Mm -hmm. to make us like Jesus. But he is not a God who does that with resentment Mm -hmm. or hurry or anger. He does that. He bandages us up with
0: love and
1: compassion and mercy and all of the aspects of the fruit (laughs) of the Spirit. Yeah. All right. What do we got, girls?
0: Let's. We have just spent an hour, a really good hour. I loved this episode. We have spent an hour opening our Bibles and talking about the beauty, goodness, and truth we found there. But what do we do at the end of an episode but ask our guest, and this time it's Jessica, where are you seeing beauty, goodness, and truth in your life? Goodness,
2: an aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. Hey. We'll learn about next week. <laughs> um, my son is a year old, and he recently got glasses
1: they are blue and nearly indestructible. It's pretty cute. It, it, is, is. it is. I'm trying not to speak because I don't, I will just gush for the <laughs> next hour about him and his glasses. It's uh, quite precious to hopefully help correct
2: something that's uh, a little off with one of his eyes. But I'm really thankful for medicine yeah. and the science yeah. of glasses. I have worn glasses since I was in fourth grade or contacts. And just what a thing to think about, right? That there yeah. is. Here, another thing that i don't know about uh similar to agriculture um i don't know about the creation of glasses but the glass and science and and some kind of uh, concavity
0: and convexity oh
2: rachel wow you're just really bringing
0: (laughs) all of the five dollar words today i'm here for you You know what you get the
2: 75 cents from the the jar from the the fruits jar i don't
0: know what i'm gonna buy maybe a snickers bar (laughs) i don't think 75 cents buys a snickers bar anymore Sorry, carry on. no, it's all right. <laughs> um, so it just I just was marveling over that, right? that we yeah. live in a day
2: and an age where there's this common grace given to us by God. there are yeah. there are people who he has enabled with intellect and thought and creativity to help uh, solve or at least help correct some of the consequences of the fall. Yeah. That, his, that his little body isn't working exactly how it should. yeah um, but what a gift from God that there are smart people yeah. who figured out like ah. Oh, we can do a thing They can and help with that. Isn't that great? And that it's cute. That it could be so and cute. And that it could be so cute. So are <laughs> blue. Just they're darling. Little oval-shaped thing. So yeah. it's, uh,
0: it's very sweet. That's so that's my... That's all. something that absolutely turns you to thanks. I love that. That's good. Well, friends, this is only a two-week series, this Fruit of the Spirit series. And so while we kicked it off today, we are going to—I'm so excited to actually get to conclude it next week with a guest. His name is Nathan Tasker, and I'm really excited for y'all to meet him, and we are going to continue to unpack these aspects of the fruit. And in two weeks, y'all. It's going to be Advent. We have like praise hands, praise jazz hands. hands jazz in fairy there. fingers. Um, and Dave Barnes will be kicking off our Advent series. Um, and he's going to come, he's going to sing. It's going to be a really, we're going to kind of take the Advent podcast series in a little bit different direction. But we are absolutely going to be walking through the scriptures in the Advent book as well as just generally making Mary. And so, Stick around. Come back next week and the following week. And Jessica, until then, what do we say? Keep opening your Bibles. That's right.